It's a Bill King show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's a Bill King show. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Jupiter, is Florida State going to get a safety in the portal? I don't know that they're in love with anybody in the portal right now. I, I know there's a lot of hype around Jaheim Singletary. Uh, you know, I, I think that what you saw Florida State do in the portal when they were really, really active in early, mid, late December, even early January, was when a guy would enter, they would get him on campus almost immediately, and they made their intentions very well known. With Jaheim and others that have entered recently, hasn't been that same aggression. And so I don't think Florida State's just slow playing this. I just don't necessarily know that they're in love with anybody there. Um, we'll see what the second wave of the portal looks like. I mean, obviously you'll have guys that exit programs because they couldn't make it too deep or whatever the situation was after the spring. But I don't necessarily know that they are, are going after anybody, anybody big at the safety position there. I do think there's a chance, and what I think they should do is maybe move somebody from that cornerback position back to safety. I uh, put out a uh, video on Monday morning saying that I think they should do that with Duke Cooper. Um, so we'll see. But, I don't, yeah, I don't know that you're going to get a big safety hit right away here in, in the next few days or anything like that. Al Equipa Bob, ask PJ, or TJ, sorry, he says PJ, but ask TJ what Penn State fans can expect from transfer receiver Malik McClain. Yeah, McClain's a guy that wasn't developed super, super well. I think he should be a little farther along than where he is right now, and that just kind of speaks to Florida State's not done a good job the last several years at developing wide receivers. Uh, but he's a guy that's really, really talented, the guy that Florida State fans wanted to keep. Um, I think he's a guy that Florida State would have liked to keep on their roster. But that room is filling out. It is getting pretty deep. Um, you added more guys, including Hakeem Williams, five-star recruit this year, this offseason. So, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that came up big for Florida State at times, made some really nice catches. If you search his name when you go look at the, uh, the his big catch against Louisville, he had a really, really nice catch in the back of the end zone. So, yeah, go go check him out. I think he's a guy that – will raise the floor. I, you know, he's not going to come into Penn State and be your number one or anything like that. But he's a great kid, somebody that works extremely hard, and somebody that Florida State would have liked to keep but also understood the situation and understood that he can go get more touches somewhere else. So, 
Florida State fans love him. They will absolutely cheer for him and, and want him to do well at uh, Penn State. Not one of those transfers that you're like, oh, man, hope that guy never does. Florida State fans want him to do really, really well. And, and I think he'll be a good uh, – I don't think he'll be a great piece for Penn State, but I think he'll be a good piece. Like, that's a good addition for sure. Sam Dog asks, what grade, TJ, would you give the Seminoles on offense, defense, and special teams? If you're grading this last season, those three. Uh, offense is probably an A, and they finished top ten in the country, both on yards per play and uh, according to all the advanced metrics. So that's that's probably a pretty easy A to give them there. Uh, special teams, oh, man, special teams is hot and cold. So, you know, special teams probably cost you the NC State game, but there were games that they were really, really good. So, I don't know, B minus, C plus, somewhere in there. I think they were, you know, uh, – some, some, yeah, so it's got to be right there in that C range, yeah, because, you know, they didn't drop any punts. They were good at kick return. They were good punting the ball, but kick, field goal kicking wasn't very good. I don't know, maybe you move it up to, yeah, say a B minus, because they also blocked the point after touchdown, and that literally won you the game. So B minus there. Uh, defense was, again, kind of the same thing, really, really hot and really, really cold at times against uh, teams that, weren't very good. The defense looked like they were all-stars. They get teams that had a little bit of a pulse. The defense wasn't great. So, I don't know. I'd probably give the defense uh, C-plus, B-minus as well. Definitely room to improve there. Um, but overall, I don't know. C-plus probably what i go with defense. Here's something that I have not been able to get around. I brought it up to the audience a bunch, and I don't know if I've talked to you about this. In the Rashada story, he flips to Florida in November. On December 7th, he gets determination news about we're not going to do this. He still signs with them on the 21st. That's what I don't understand. Why would he sign with them? Yeah, if you remember, it happened late in the day, right? Billy moved back his press conference. It was There was some like, hey, why isn't he signing? Why is he? He's your star quarterback. He's recruited everybody else. Like, why is he the last to sign? I have no inside information here, but just kind of thinking through it, my thought is that that's probably what the holdup is. Like, I, I'm not signing until you figure this out. And probably with enough negotiation, enough talking, enough like, hey, man, just sign. We'll figure this out later. We got you. You're our guy. We're, we're going to get this worked out. I think that there was probably some coaxing going on, probably some, got, dude, we got you. We will get it done. Just get it signed. Let's keep the class together. Let's keep everybody happy. We'll get you in type thing. That I have no inside info there. That's just in my mind how that situation likely played out. Dude, you know we're not going to not get you in. Go ahead and get it signed so it's not a spectacle. We don't want to put you in a bad light either. Go ahead and sign. We'll get it all worked out by the time you, you, know, you got to enroll. And unfortunately, they did. Again, that's TJ's version of what went down, but it's the only thing that makes sense in my mind. And I don't, I don't know about you. Do you, do you believe the thirteen million number? Man, I don't know. There's a lot of reputable people that have said that number. I know there's people that, a lot of reputable people that say that, that number's not accurate. But I, I mean, it was obviously a large enough number to where they couldn't pay it, and where they're backing out of it, or didn't want to pay it, or whatever you know, whatever the situation is. So I mean, it's yeah. a big number, and what you know, whatever it is, um, you know, we're not talking about. Four million, or, or something like that. I think when you're thinking about that thirteen million as well, it, you know, it's not like a thirteen million up front. It's probably a thirteen million with 
some percentage of that being a signing bonus, some upfront money, and then it's whatever the remainder of that is over four years. So you're talking, you know, you're talking about a max contract of 13 million. But if he goes to the pros in three years, the last year's negated. So you're, you're probably, I don't know, if you called it a, a three million dollar signing bonus, then it's two and a half million a year, which is still an insane amount of money. But it's not so much sticker shock of 13, right? So I don't know. I, a lot of people say it. Now, you know, you, I know you get Gator Dave on here a ton, and I think he's alluded to the fact that that number is maybe not inaccurate. And Dave's a pretty straight shooter. I mean, he doesn't really deal with the BS. And um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of inclined to believe that that is the number or close to the number. And that's why we're in this situation because UF either smarted up or said, okay, we just don't have this. So I don't know. I'm leaning towards yes, but, you know, who knows? Matt Hayes wrote this. And I was looking at it last hour. Let's just say he got that 13 number. What's that locker room going to be like when he walks in there, having done nothing? Yeah, n- certainly not great when you look at the other guys on the team and the fact that Rashad was probably not going to play. You know, probably wasn't even going to play this year unless things got really, really bad, right? I mean, how many true freshmen are coming in and and just taking over a, a team? You know, if the things really went off the rails and you had him come in halfway through the year, that's one thing, but. Guy sitting on the bench making more than, you know, 60 other players on the team combined. Yeah, that that's not great. Um, so, <laughs> I, I, long term, I think this is probably a good thing for UF. It's certainly a black black eye now, but uh, it's it's probably a good thing that this didn't work out for them. Allen in Tampa asked TJ what he thinks about Coach Sertain. I like it a ton. Uh, I think you're getting a you know you're getting a guy that's an 11 year NFL vet, and anytime you're getting somebody that can kind of bring that pedigree into living rooms, um, that's certainly um, a, a win up front right there. Few state championships with American Heritage, a very prominent high school down there in South Florida, where I think he'll have a lot of ties in recruiting and be a name that families and parents trust down there, uh, and and an absolute technician when it comes to developing kids. I mean you don't you don't you don't put that many guys in the league and in Division One football from your high school, including his son, uh, without being able to coach DBs, not, without being able to teach defensive backs. And so I think he checks all the boxes for Florida State. He's a big name. He's an NFL All-Pro, um, you know, good South Florida connections, good at developing, good at teaching. Um, you know, that's what high school coaches are is they're teachers. And so I, I think they – I think he's going to be a, a great addition to FSU and – um, you know, you, you could tell that the difference between this year and last year in Mike Norvell being able to hire from a position of strength, coming off of 10 wins, coming off of a lot of excitement, coming off of a lot of hype, and the way that he hired the last couple of years, where sometimes he got rejected by some of the big names he went after. So, yeah, I think it's a great addition for sure. What's the number one item that needs to be addressed in spring practice? I don't know. That, uh, probably getting all the all the transfers to kind of integrate seamlessly. Uh, I think that that's a, a big one, right? Florida State's done a good job of that. Their culture is really, really strong and really, really good. But you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be so bullish on this team and, and think that everything's figured out. But Bill, you're returning so many guys. You're you're returning like nine guys on offense, and uh, you know, nine of your starters on offense, and something like. 10 of your, you know, or eight of your starters on defense or something, you know, so it's like, it's not like there's a lot of questions of, oh man, what kind of team are we going to be? It's really just kind of getting everything gelled back over, getting everything, um, 
you know, your your cornerback Cypress really in the mix and really integrated well. And same thing with your tight ends and your new offensive linemen, your defensive linemen and Braden Fisk. I think it's really just kind of getting all those pieces meshed well back together and getting everybody on the same page, right? Having people learn the offense, learn the defense. Um, but for the most part, I mean, you're returning a ton of production that you had last year, both on offense and defense. And so, to me, it's not, oh, man, can Jordan Travis take another step? Oh, this, that, the other. It's let's just get everybody that's new integrated. Let's get everybody on the same page, and let's kind of get this thing rolling like a well-oiled machine like it was toward the end of last year. DJ Pittenger joins us every Thursday on this here radio show. We were just laughing. I don't know if you've been watching it, but there's a story out that Harbaugh and the NCAA are at an impasse because he won't admit he lied. I, I find that comical. Does the NCAA still have any power, Bill? Like, no. what, I mean, no. you know, who, what is the NCAA at this point, right? Like, I, it's just so laughable. Like, the Big Ten has more power than the NCAA does. I, it's not even close, right? And so, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, it's the off season. We need things to talk about. Um, so, I, no, the NCAA is not doing anything. They, they're, they're, they're a joke at this point. And they, they don't even, yeah, before I get in trouble, yeah, they're just, yeah, Harbaugh has more power than they do. So we let's, need a, let's, not, let's, not, let's not kid ourselves. Either a GIF or a meme. And, and the picture is two guys dressed like Pee Wee Herman interviewing Harbaugh. That, that'd be, that's yes, what I want exactly. to see. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Alan in Tampa wants to know if you're at a bus station right now. No, I, uh, I'm, I, I am in the car. Is it loud? I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> This is the quietest time of my week when I drop the kids off at school and then do this do this interview. I don't have any screaming kids behind me, so it's uh, it's my favorite part of the week too. CJ, there's the music. Tell everybody how they can get your content. Yeah, search Double Fries No Slaw on YouTube. I've got a fun video coming out in about an hour and a half, so check us out. All right, man. See you next week. See you, buddy. There he is, TJ Pinter. That's a that's a good addition to the show. He's good. Yeah, he's very. We're clear the rest of the way, man. I love shows where I just take the boat, turn the motor off, and let the current determine which way we go. I love those shows. We're about to do it. Omni Nashville Hotel. Nashville, start your day the right way with Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Bongo Java is Nashville's oldest local coffee company. Get your day started with a freshly baked muffin and wash it down with a hot cup of dark roast or hair of the dog blend. With free Wi-Fi, you can get some work done while enjoying a toasted breakfast sandwich. Beat the traffic, treat yourself at Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown Music City. 
It's never a bad time to have a good time at Strike and Spare Family Fun Center. And that's exactly what WNSR Nashville Sports Radio will be doing Friday, January 20th. With not one, but two shows broadcasting live from Tusculum Lanes on Nolensville Pike. That's right. The Greg Pogue and John Burton Show from 9 to 11. The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin from 2 to 4. Both shows broadcasting live from Tusculum Lanes. And you're invited to come bowl, eat, drink, and just hang out with the guys and WNSR listeners and receive a discount on bowling and food during the broadcast. That's Friday, January 20th. The Greg Pogue and John Burton Show from 9 to 11. The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin from 2 to 4. Two shows, one location, one station. Broadcasting live from Strike and Spare Tusculum Lanes. Located at 5315 Nolensville Pike. Friday the 20th. On the road, on the air, and everywhere. With WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. You can stream live, local, and primetime regular season games on your phone or tablet. 45-minute game replays and more. That's how you do it right there. This is the NFL for every fan. This is football freedom. This is your game on the go. Wherever you are, this is how you football. Go to plus.nfl.com slash radio and start your free trial of NFL Plus today. Terms and conditions apply. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Jim Rome is here weekdays 11 to 2 on Nashville Sports Radio, WNSR. The SEC is for closers, and there's only one way to survive in the SEC, ABC. A always, B, B, C, closing, always be closing. A, B, C, A always, B, B, C, closing, always be closing. Jim Rome, 11 to 2 on Nashville's original sports radio, WNSR. Get into the Bill King show. Um, shit, man, I just lost my train of thought. All right, dude, here's a couple of phones. Three, two, call State coach Dillingham. Cal is another one. So is Rashada taking that? If if indeed that number is accurate, is that the number? If you're going to play the game with this kid and the dad, is that the number? Or are they having to adjust? That's what I want to know. 
can, can Coach Prime accommodate that? Or Coach Dillingham, if indeed that number is somewhat accurate. So TJ made some sense there. He said, look, I think it probably was the right number. And it got to somebody in that collective who said, bleep, no, we're not doing this. Now, why would whoever this is, if indeed that happened, we're just speculating. That's all we've got. Why would this person not know the number? And then when they found out about the number, said, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that. By the way, however that happened, that was the right call. I know a lot of people are bashing Florida right now, and I'm not real high on Florida's future at the moment, okay? But but I think the right call was made. I'd be more concerned if that collective did agree to the $13 million. What in the bleep are we doing around here is what I would be thinking. Seriously, I'm going to applaud Florida for this or their collective or however this went down more than I'm going to bash them. No, I I don't have a lot of happy thoughts about that football team into the the immediate future. I don't. I'm not real happy there for them. But other than that, I think the right call was made. I think the right thing that should have happened, it shouldn't have even gotten to that point. Now, are there some schools who could spend that kind of money and may may have already done it? It's pro- yeah, I mean that could be if if the Manning thing is accurate, but very few. I'm not saying some schools couldn't do it or won't do it. I'm just saying I think in this case the right call ultimately was made. It shouldn't have been so messy. Shouldn't have gotten to that. Shouldn't have been agreed upon in the first place. But at least they corrected it. I think absolutely the right call was made there. Tom in Myrtle Beach. Tom went through yesterday. I don't know how long it took him. He went through next year's entire week-by-week schedule. Not for the Buckeyes, for everybody. And pounded out his OOP for each week. That took a little time right there, Tom. He also has listed his top non-conference games. Non-conference, top 14 non-conference games for the season coming up, 2023. Number one, LSU and FSU, and that just so happens to be an opener down in Orlando. Number two, later in September, Ohio State at Notre Dame Stadium. Sodium pentothal time for the Irish. Are they ready for that smoke right there? That prime time. This last year they weren't. Now the game was was close and they had a lead. They were playing the Dean Smith four corners. And I don't blame them. They did not have the athletes to go out there and get into a track meet. Let's see who can find the most green grass game. That's not 
Uh, the way they played that game, as boring as it was, uh, was the only way they could keep it anywhere close. Number three, Texas and Bama. Number four, Gators and Utes. They got to go out there. Coach Prime, number five versus TCU. Number six, Jimbo versus Mario. Number seven, North Carolina and uh, South Carolina. He's got others in here. Kiff versus Tulane. He's got UTSA versus Tennessee. Matt Rule versus Coach Prime. Backyard brawl. And he's got Auburn and Cal in there, too. It's a pretty good list. Yep, that, that, that's... That's a pretty good list. Marty in the Duval County area says, and I'm not sure I understand this, says Bill worked 66 to 68 hours the last two weeks, never missed the Bill King show. I don't think I put in that many. Maybe you did. Yeah, maybe you did. I, I No. Doing this every day is an absolute pleasure, though. I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Yeah, he went through and picked out his OOP for every week. Jim and Jupiter, Florida State and LSU should be a great game. Again, Knowles are coming strong with fans, and I'm sure LSU will too. Think about this now. And that opener... And we've got all spring and summer to pound that thing out. But but it's fun to think about right now. And that LSU opener, you have two teams that right now are peaking. Now, again, the non-play portion of the season does require a reset. I've always believed in that. But based on the way these teams finished, and look, LSU got beat, was it 50 to 30 by Georgia? Put up a million yards in that game. I think that was a positive game for LSU and their build out. They're not as good as Georgia. They're not going to win that game. They played well. Defense couldn't get much done. That's because Georgia's really good. Georgia won the Natty again. But the way both of those quarterbacks developed, and, and this has been happening with Jordan Travis a couple of years, and obviously Jaden Daniels in year number one at LSU. But the way that their game, their games developed and the way that they're peaking right now, and they're both back. You have veteran quarterbacks. I mean super veteran quarterbacks. Dudes have been through a lot, seen a lot. They know what it's like to be booed. They know what it's like to play poorly. They know what it's like to play well. They've – Spilled lots of blood, sweat, and tears out there. Going at it, game one. Two offenses that are very hot heading into the non-playing portion of the season with a lot returning. With a lot returning. That game, that game's going to be fun. That game is more interesting than last year's game to me now going in. I still was a... Borderline non-believer in Florida State. Before that game and even after it, it was a sloppy game. Held on to win, as we know. And Brian Kelly was just, 
Brian Kelly's trying to shake through a huge mess. And he was just getting started with that mess. And really, you know when, when LSU turned the corner for me? It's probably when they were down double digits to Ole Miss, came back and won that game. And that's what started Ole Miss on their slide, too. But that's when I think LSU turned the metaphorical corner, the proverbial corner, in that bowl game as a program. Still got a ways to go. I don't think they're a threat to win a big title or something yet. But I think this year they could be better. They should be better than they were. I do. Tom in Myrtle Beach, where his company is working on the Coastal Carolina campus as they are welding. They're doing their welding for the library, which is going to be a digital library. Tom's company is out there. Heck, he he showed a picture the other day of them at work. I believe it was spitting snow, which doesn't happen much in Myrtle Beach. Got to get it right. You got to go out there and get it. Tom is struggling. See, I don't struggle with the non-playing portion of the season at all. Tom is struggling. Said it's going to be a long six months for me. Got to quit looking at next season. Think I need a trip to Jamaica soon. That may that may uh, get your mind off of it. No, I, I, I enjoy the non-playing portion. And there's always so many stories. God knows what stories we're going to hear all these months leading up back to the playing portion, leading into spring, leading into the portal, which is what, May 1? Isn't that May 1 through the 15th, I believe? Bean, count me on that one. I believe that's right. And baseball is getting started here in less than a month. I am very hyped up about that, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited about baseball just around the corner. Now, again, we we won't spend the time on it like we do football. Don't don't misunderstand my excitement here. Not not even close. But just personally, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, very very. Now, I have been getting requests. I believe Johnny Vegas is one. Said, "Bill, can you get somebody weekly?" That's a good idea. I need to I don't know who to get. I do know I've known Kendall Rogers in the past because he was at Rivals when we were there. And when we were in Omaha in 07, June of 07, we were in Omaha, the show for the College World Series. And Kendall was out there, too. He was still with Rivals. But literally when we were there is when Yahoo bought him. Well, well, there was already the rumor that they were going to buy him. But the deal got done while we were in Omaha. Got a, got an email, y'all. Got some correspondence about it. But, yeah, it, I would like to get somebody on, and um, we'll see what happens there. I, I've got I've got time on that one. Yeah, I've got plenty of time on that one. Got a few weeks to, to properly – judge that, get somebody on who would be really, really good. Basketball, are you watching much college basketball? I I, I have trouble. Now, I, it'll be on my TV, but I have trouble emotionally investing in it. I did not watch the Kentucky-Georgia game. 
Oscar Shigwe had, what, 37 points, 24 rebounds. He hadn't been a problem, even though Cal did uh, tell him, apparently here recently, you're not working as hard as you used to. Well, apparently he is now after that game. Georgia was up double digits or something, and then Kentucky came back and won. But I just – I didn't have the Tennessee-Mississippi State game on. Michigan's not – Michigan's not much to watch this year in basketball. Heck, Kentucky beat them. And this is a Billy Clyde-level basketball team Kentucky's got right now. Purdue's good. But I just haven't. Kansas Kansas hasn't uh, dropped off any. Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk, KU has not dropped off at all heading into this year and throughout the playing portion of the season, regular season. I just haven't been able to to watch much. Patton, have you been watching much college basketball? Now you, but you're a Vandy guy, right? Yeah, that's mainly why I don't watch a lot of college basketball, right? (laughs) (laughs) See, you haven't been alive long enough to know what Memorial Magic. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of Memorial Magic, right? Oh yeah, went a lot. John Jenkins, Jeffrey Taylor, Festus Ezeli. That's that's my peak Vandy days right there. That, that's know, when I was growing up. There was a stretch in the late '80s. Will Purdue? They they ended up that year, that '88 season. They ended up in the Sweet 16. Lost to Danny and the Miracles, Danny Manning. That was a really good Vanderbilt team with Will Purdue. Long-time NBA player with the Bulls, et cetera. And uh, some some really good guards back then. But Vanderbilt could play a team at home. Any team in America could be one of the top-ranked teams and beat them. Literally. And, and some of these games they'd win on a miracle shot at the end. It was amazing. Somewhere about 20 years ago, Somebody went into Memorial Gym and cast a spell of some sort. I don't know who did this. Maybe it was the time Clay got onto the court and was flipping the bird to the ref during the Arkansas game. Maybe that was the moment. Armageddon. Maybe that did it. But there has not been Memorial Magic there in decades. That used to be a big thing. It's bye-bye. It's 99. All right, we'll take a break here. We're clear. We're clear the rest of the way. Omni Nashville Hotel.
Are you tired of your current vehicle? Maybe looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? Hey guys, it's Zach. Hayes Nissan of Rivergate is the best choice for your vehicle needs. Located at 1550 Calton Pike North in Madison, Hayes Nissan of Rivergate has been serving the Middle Tennessee community for over three decades. That gives you confidence that Hayes Nissan of Rivergate can find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle and your budget. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff will make sure you are taken care of. I should know because I've seen it firsthand. Every vehicle I've purchased has been from Hayes Nissan of Rivergate, and I love the entire process. Now, I don't want you to forget about their award-winning parts and service department. It has everything you need to get you back on the road. Go visit them on the web at NissanOfRivergate.com. They're open there 24-7, 365 days a year. Or give them a call at 615-865-7220. Again, that number is 615-865-7220. That's Hayes Nissan of Rivergate, where your dollar always goes farther. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes during the Double Your Refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4223. Visit jacksonhewitt.com for rules. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, consider contacting Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men navigate complex legal matters for 30 years. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Nashville area attorneys, a partner men can count on. 810 Crescent Center Drive, Suite 160, Franklin, Tennessee, 37067. Online at CordellCordell.com. Dazzling diamonds, royal rubies, elegant emeralds, and stunning sapphires. Now's the time to discover an exquisite variety of radiant prize-winning jewels that are set to take your breath away. This gorgeous, one-of-a-kind display won't be found at the finest jewelry stores, but rather at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer with Jumbo Bucks Jewels Instant Games. Collect glistening top prizes of up to $300,000 and make every win sparkle. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. It's the Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. I have not met you, Andrew, but I'd love to meet you someday. Yes, sir. What story are you want to tell them, Clay? Oh, about how you got ejected? Well, just how passionate of a Vanderbilt fan I am. He's so passionate that he is not able to attend games. Is that fair, Clay? That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> the Afternoon Stretch. Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. <laughs> Tag fat side up. Tweet to Bill at Bill is King to enter the arena of ideas. This one has me thinking. Georgia dog down on the Emerald Coast, Billy. The Classic City Collective at UGA keeps NIL deals at Georgia extremely quiet. And that's the way it is at various places. But here's my question. 
just in general, are these collectives made up of guys with money who don't need anything back other than they want to see their school do really well? This is the new avenue. This is the new stream. I want to be part of this. I've got the money. My happiness is based on this being successful in getting us players so we win at a huge level. Or let's say your school not used to winning at a huge level, but this will help us win more than we're used to. I love this place. It's my school. I've got the money. My happiness will be totally because this helps. That's all I want out of this. Or is it guys that see a fantastic business opportunity? And I would say you've got both involved, right? Just depends. Depends on the school. Depends on the makeup of the collective. But, for example, Tennessee's collective is called the Squires Group, right? And I don't know if I've seen a ranking in about a year, but somebody put out a ranking of the best collectives, and Tennessee's was ranked number one. Now, again, folks, I, <laughs> how is that measured? Is that accurate? I've got no idea. I don't think anybody has any idea. But that was ranked number one. Now, is that based on they've got the most money raised or they're the most aggressive? I don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. You got to remember, Nico was promised eight. Nico's rated by everybody higher than Rashada. Matter of fact, the latest on three has Nico the number one ranked player in the entire class, any position in the class of 23. The last release has him number one. Now, the word about him was $8 million, but did you hear a bunch of commotion? Uh, did you hear anything about how the thing didn't work out? Now, again, I don't know if it was $8 million bucks or not, but that's what the gospel says. That's what everybody's reporting. And this is before he played a down of his senior year. But I didn't hear any commotion there. I didn't hear any backtracking or we're sending him a letter. And, again, I'm not saying that to be uh, critical of Florida. I'm not. I'm not saying this at all to be critical of anybody. I'm just saying I didn't hear any commotion there. Was their number more doable? Well, 8 and 13, if those are accurate. Is it that their collective is better run? Is All of these things are, and Georgia Dog, he touched on this. All of this stuff is done seemingly in shadows. It's fun because the unknown is is fun to think about, right? There's a lot of things that we just don't know yet involving these collectives. And none of them are related. They're all their own collective. And I'm sure there's a lot of people involved in these collectives that do want something out of it more than just winning ball games. They want to – this is a business, what are the percentages? What, what what does the collective get? Do we know that? Does anybody have any idea? What percentage, if the collective raises $10 million in a kitty, in a pool for 
allocation to players, what do they get? They're not doing this for free. I mean, they're not putting in all these hours and all their money and the money they're raising. They're not doing it for nothing. What do the people who run the collectives get? I know it could be different school to school or or collective to collective. What is it they want? Who gets what? Does every person in the collective, I don't mean those that give, but those who are part of the organization, right, of the collective, what do they want? What percentage do they get? If $10 million is raised, how much does the collective get? Do they get 10%? Do they get a uh, agent fee, which is usually 2.5%, What is it? What is it that they want out of this? That's what I want to know. Jim and Jupiter, rankings on collectives are bogus. There's no way to know how much these collectives have and how much they are spending. And that is a big problem. It's true. That's a big problem. we, We have no authority over any of this. Now, we're trying to get Harbaugh for not being forthright about meetings during COVID but we're not trying to locate how this money is not only being allocated, but how it has nothing to do with name, image, likeness. I mean, money, all this money is being raised in a lot of these cases that have nothing to do with this dude selling his brand. It's just, you're good, here's your money. That's it's a scary thing, but that's where we're at. Georgia Dog PETA is coming after Georgia. Georgia is full of good old boys of all races and have been looking for a fight for a long time. PETA, PETA supposedly checked in on us years ago when Bubba Miller was on the show talking about a cat problem he had on his farm. I was told that PETA was sniffing around. Never heard from him, but I like cats. Anyways, we'll take a break. Omni Nashville Hotel. I'm Greg Pogue, and welcome to the High Valley Conference Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Drunk driving is the ultimate form of unsportsmanlike conduct. The Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. Southeast Missouri guard Philip Russell scored 37 points in a road win at Moorhead State last Saturday for the most points scored in the OVC this season and tying the SEMO Division I single-game record. Russell is second in the OVC in scoring, assist, and assist-to-turnover ratio. SIUE is 5-1 on the men's side with a one-game lead for first place. The Cougars are the highest-ranked OVC team in the NCAA net rankings and have 14 overall wins, which is already a Division I-era school record. On the women's side, Eastern Illinois grabbed first place by topping Little Rock in a defensive battle 44-33. At 6-0, the Panthers are off to their second-best OVC start ever. There have been 12 OVC Player of the Week selections this year, including two weeks of co-winners without a repeat honoree. 
Seamoes Russell was named Player of the Week, while Kenyon Hodges of Eastern Illinois was top newcomer, and Tennessee Tech's Jerome Bay, a Freshman of the Week. SIUE's Ajula Tata was Women's Player of the Week, while Macy McGlone of Eastern Illinois, top newcomer, and UT Martin's Josie Story, Freshman of the Week. For complete information on this year's OVC Basketball Championships presented by United Fidelity Bank, being held March 1st through the 4th at the Ford Center in Evansville, visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville. For complete weekly schedules, including live video links, visit ovcsports.com. To find other news and features and more, follow the league on your favorite social media platforms at OVC Sports and at ovcsports.com. You won't believe it until you OVC it. This has been the OVC Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. If you've been drinking, don't drive, and always remember that fans don't let fans drive drunk. I'm Greg Pogue, wishing everybody a great week of OVC Basketball. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's never too early to start feeling some March madness, so be sure not to miss out on all the action of the High Valley Conference Men's and Women's Basketball Championships as they return to the Ford Center in downtown Evansville from March 1st to the 4th as the first entries in the NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets are now on sale for just $60 through each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster.com, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. Got biscuits, kitchen notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel does, and Bill King loves them all. I think most of the quarterbacks, and I'm talking about transfer, not high school recruits, have been accounted for. Spencer Sanders, though, Oklahoma State, I don't think he's found a home. Now, he has visited Ole Miss, but with Ole Miss taking – Walker Howard, does that remove that need? I would think it does. Now, Luke Altmeyer left. He's at Illinois. He's with Burke. And, of course, Jackson Dart's still there. But that's a pretty good quarterback. Now, Spencer Sanders runs hot and cold. But he's pretty good. And he's dual threat. I don't think that he's much of a pro prospect, but he can fill up a stat sheet. Remember that comeback win over Notre Dame in the bowl game? Marcus Freeman's first game. Brian Kelly had just left for LSU. Marcus Freeman coached the bowl game. And that was his first game. They had a pretty good lead and couldn't keep it. And Spencer Sanders was very much on fire in that game. He can play like that. He can also uh, freeze up on you a little bit. But I, I like him. I just don't know where he's heading. He's been in the portal. He's leaving the mullet. You know, mullet – Boy, you're talking about a season that started off promising and fell to pieces. That would be the mullet. I thought early on, the way they were playing, that they were a threat to win the league. No, no, no. That after that thing settled in. 
Major moves. Bill, what about Sanders to Florida? I mean, I'd take him. I'd take him over Graham Mertz. I don't know if there's any connection there, is there? Gator, Gators need uh, some love, man. <laughs> no, they've gotten some pretty good news, some offensive linemen coming in and stuff like that. But but they need a, they need somebody at quarterback. That kid from Texas can't get there yet. Jim in Jupiter. Welcome in. The game and you say something that I haven't heard anyone speak of, and that is, what are these guys that are running these collectives getting paid? I mean, they're not putting in all these hours, I mean, for nothing. So, I don't know. Ex- well, exactly, and that's the problem. Because, you know, if you look at the collectives around the country, you know, it's a lot of lawyers and stuff that have been put in these positions, which are high-powered, you know, high, high-grossing high jobs generally. Yeah. You know, you don't just leave a job like that unless you're getting paid very handsomely. So, you know, these guys, and you know I'm a capitalist through and through, but I also like to know where the money is coming from and where that money is being spent and how much money is being spent. And, I mean, I guarantee you these dudes and women, whoever's running these collectives, especially at the higher end, are getting paid very handsomely, and who knows what's going on when, uh, when when you add money that you can't track and no one can see in the funny business that must be going on now. I mean, it's a complete joke. Now, you, you donate to the Florida State Collective, right? Sure do, yeah. Do they give you any information other than thanks well, for the money? No. <laughs> no, and, and the way FSU is doing it, it's really strange. It seems to be working out, but we have two collectives. So we have what's called Rising Spear, and that's what we—that's uh, what I give to. And it's you know it, they take public money. Battles End, that which is the collective that has been keeping all these players at FSU, keeping you know the, they're the ones that said to Verse, "Hey, look, dude, whatever the number was, we're going to pay you to stay here," and he did. That's all private money that that, uh, you know, it's big donors and stuff, so they're not taking from the public. But point is, is that these collectives, I mean, especially when you're getting, you know, with the money that they're taking from the public, we don't know what that is. And you think about it, like the NFL, they want the NFL model, right? But I know what you pay uh, Patrick McCombs, or, 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 or I know what you're paying uh, Dalvin Cook. Because it's public. We don't know any of this. And that's a problem. I mean, you need to know. The public needs to know what kind of money is being spent. And make sure, because you know there's going to be some real, I mean, this Florida scam, this is nothing compared to what's going to happen. I mean, the the money laundering that's going to take place. And, I mean, it's just, this is just crazy. But you don't have any rules. So, you know, who knows? And here's the other thing. Everyone's acting like these collectives are separate from the team. They're not separate from the team. Every single player that is signed, guaranteed, has to go through the head coach. Guaranteed. Do you think that Mike Norvell is saying, hey, yeah, you can sign so-and-so for this number, but let so-and-so go? No. That's not how it goes. 
Now, I know technically they're not allowed to say that, but we know that. The head coach is basically the GM and is saying, okay, I want to keep Verse, but I'm willing to let McClain go. That's what's happening, you know. And to act like that it is all a separate thing and this collective is just doing what they want, paying who they want, uh uh-uh. It all is connected. Good point. No, I I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but either no matter what, the bottom line is you need rules. We need to know what it is. We need to know what's being spent. We need that. I mean, that's just, you know, if you're going to run an organization like a pro organization, then you got to do it. You just can't have, you know, you just can't have the wild, wild west going on. You know? All right, y'all take care. All right, man. Hour three coming up. Yeah, what are, what's the percentage? If, if, if they raise $10 million, does 10% come out of that? Has anybody ever looked into that, or is that is that hush-hush? Well, I think we know the answer. Hour three, Omni Nashville Hotel. to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or